Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. says let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Just check and see if we need to call the ambulance in to anybody. Anyone here without breath? Or you wouldn't have your hands raised, would you? Amen. God, say God's good. Say God's good all the time. Say God's in a great mood. Say God's not even mad. Point to your neighbor and say, not even you. Not even you. <laughs> say, imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just thank you. Father, we just thank you. Bless you this morning. Give you praise and honor and glory. You're so good. We magnify you. Bless you, sir. We thank you, sir. We thank you for this day. We thank you all for that you've done. We thank you for the name of Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the mighty Holy Ghost, our great helper, our paraclete. One who's here to help us in time of need, comforts us, teaches us, guides us, strengthens us, counsels us, who strengthens us mighty in the inner man. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing that removes the burden, destroys the yoke of every bondage in the building. So we take authority over every bondage, every sickness, every foul thought, every demonic thought. And we put you on notice right now. You are now welcome in this place. So you go in Jesus' name. We declare the joy of the Lord is our strength. The Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I am. Say it again. I am rich in him. Jesus said he was poor. He was rich, but he came poor for our sake that we through his poverty might be rich. So to reiterate, brother, uh, what said, he said, I believe ever since I was six years old, I was rich. You know, whether he knew the scriptures or not, he was right. Right. How many know? How many of you are in Christ? Yes. How many of you believe the scriptures? Yes. That was most of you right there. Yes. Praise the Lord. I got the few minutes to work on the rest of you who don't believe the scriptures. <laughs> How many are not going to answer me no matter what I ask you? Thank you. I see those hands. Praise the Lord. Romans 8 says we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You, you ever anyone have a joint account with someone? Hmm? Now, typically what that's supposed to mean is like for Michelle and I, if we have five thousand dollars in the account, we're supposed to be joint heirs. We both own it. Of course, some of us being really know we don't. It don't all belong to us, <laughs> even though legally it does. But anyway, no. So whatever Christ owns, we own. Amen. It's at our disposal, right? Yeah. The Bible says, "Call those things that what be not, be not as though they were." Amen. So if you don't have the hundred dollars, start the count that he was talking about. Start the IRA. Then why don't you call for it? Because he said, "I'll give seed to the sower." Yeah. Right. Now, he didn't say to spend it all on yourself, but if you're going to be a sower, he's going to make sure you got seed. So say, I'm never without seed because I'm a sower because I'm a kingdom person. So I'm I'm a I'm a kingdom builder, not a castle builder, but a kingdom builder. I build the kingdom. Say the kingdom's within me for kingdom purposes. And I will dispense the wealth of this kingdom wherever the Holy Ghost leads. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We'll let children go to children's church. May the teacher win. Praise the Lord. 
Ephesians chapter 6, if you have your Bible. In case y'all didn't know it, most of you do because you didn't know it. If you enjoy the bathrooms we have in this place, aren't they really nice? Amen. Brother Witt came years ago. I, I asked him to minister on, in the helps ministry. We never got there, but it, but it surely was a lot of help. <laughs> it, was a, it was a Holy Ghost time, and he asked the questions, and he did a morning and night session, and we never got to anything about helps. And I thought, well, that's the reason why I came here. And uh, he came back for Sunday night. He says, I, mean, I woke up from my nap and had this strangest word knowledge. He says, about bathrooms. He says, does that mean thing to you? I said, yeah, we just took this building. We got one bathroom. And he said, well, can I follow the Holy Ghost tonight? And I said, I said yeah, it depends on what, what, what you mean by that. And he says, well, if it ain't, you just let me know. So uh, long story short, if you weren't here, uh, the money came that night to build the bathrooms in the back. Right? You know, if you have one bathroom and 30 people in line, you can lose people to McDonald's, Burger King, the Texaco station. Some of them decide just to go home from there. But anyway, so uh, he asked me, so what do you think it's going to cost? I said, oh, about 10000 I think it's going to cost. Well, I missed it by $7,500. So uh, we received an offer that night, a spur of the moment. This was just all Holy Ghost. I knew I was going to do it. $1,500 came in. And uh, he said, well, I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'll send you the rest. Well, the rest ended up being, you know, more than we thought we did. So I, I relinquished him from that. He says, no, well, he said the Holy Ghost knew what it was going to be. So, uh, so that was seventeen five, and we did 1500 of it, and, and, uh, and he blessed us with the rest. So I said, then, I asked him a few months later, I said, would you like to come back and minister? He said, no way. He, <laughs> said, he says, not this year and not next year. <laughs> he said, I have no leading to come back in that building right now. <laughs> So we're all listening today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you hear if you hear asphalt or anything like that, it could be it could be from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let's talk about prayer for just a moment. In Ephesians chapter six, or subject's not prayer, but this uh, where we're going to head has to do with prayer. But Ephesians chapter six and verse eighteen, we're going to read one verse here. Paul said, "Praying always, not sometimes." That would be a prayer life, wouldn't it? If you didn't pray always, you wouldn't have a prayer life, right? You don't, you don't go to the fair every day, do you? Well, no. Now, if you worked at the circus, you know, you, you'd be in the environment all day long as an employee. But if you go once every few years or, or take the grandkids there, well, then you're just a visitor. Well, don't be a visitor to prayer. How many know that it's been said this, and Brother Hagin said it, and then Mark Brzee one time reiterated Brother Hagen because he said he was doing a work. Mark Janet Brzee and said uh, they got there and they realized they was behind in prayer. And he had to get caught up. So what he found out, he said, not only did I find out I was behind, I had to catch up. He said, I found out if you could be behind in prayer, you could be on time with prayer. He said, but I found out even better than that, you could be ahead in prayer. Well, you say, was that scriptural? Well, the Bible says, Holy, John 14 and John 16 said, the Holy Ghost will show you things to come, right? Now, if I understand English, uh, past, present, future, uh, you know, to come would be in our future, right? So he said he'll talk to you about what is to come, and part of that is so you can make preparations for the future. Isn't that cool? Someone who knows all the future. So he'll compare you to have you ready, prepared for that future. So he said, praying prayers with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. 
So there's, there are several. Uh, uh, keep on going now, if you would, to Philippians chapter 4. Uh, a few pages to you, right? Well, there's, there's different types of prayers. All prayer is not prayer. Someone said, well, I think prayer is just prayer. Well, prayer is prayer, but the way that you pray, one prayer is not necessarily the way that you pray the other type of prayer. For the purpose of study, uh, if you're a student of, of, of the Word, and I hope all of you are, then you would know that there's at least nine different types of prayer mentioned in the New Testament. We won't mention all nine, but, but you know, there's some you're very familiar with. How many of you there's a call to prayer agreement? How many of there's a prayer of worship? How many of there's united prayer, corporate prayer? There's, there, there's the prayer of, of supplication. There's the prayer of, uh, uh, dedication and, 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 and commitment. How many of Jesus dedicated the, the prayer of consecration? How many of Jesus prayed the prayer of consecration the night before he was crucified? He wasn't trying to change anything. People said, well, he was saying, Lord, if I can get out of this. He wasn't saying that. He, he, this whole time that he was here, he was saying, this is what is going to happen. So he wasn't trying to change that. He knew what he, he, knew what he was going to do. He knew his purpose for being on the earth was to live so that he could die for our sins so that we, through his death, might live, right? That we might become the righteousness of God, which means what? You're right. Anyone told you this week you're right? I bet many people haven't. Has your wife or husband told you, baby, you're right? So y'all all like me really good. Huh? Because <clears throat> if, if, if Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, he's come in. The old man died, new man come in. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus, right? He wiped away the past has no, and has no record of it. Doesn't keep record of the present. That's where I lose the church right there. Hallelujah. They think, oh, no. You know, they've they got God like Santa Claus. He's making a list. Checking it twice. Going to find out if you're. Well, thank God God ain't Santa Claus. Huh? Jesus Christ, the blood took care of the past and the present and the future. Right? Took everything that was contrary to you, which was what the law. Because the law was perfect. Problem is it didn't have a perfect person to keep it. James said, if you want to keep the law, you can try it. But if you miss it in one point, God won't grade on the curb. So if you get 99.9, you failed and you're guilty of all of it. That's a bad deal. But we have a better covenant, better and established on better promises. Say better promises. So we are living under the dispensation of grace, not on the dispensation of the Mosaic law. Some say we're against the law. No, we're for the law because the law is righteous, holy, and righteous in God. It's God's holy essence and standard. The problem is you have no ability to keep it. And the more that I keep you under the law, the more you break it. If I tell you right now, I forbid you, I forbid you in the name of Jesus to think about a blue giraffe in your mind. What are y'all thinking about? Well, see there, you've already broke the law. (laughs) So now you're a transgressor of everything. I do it just to have fun, make people mad, but, uh, People say, well, I mean, I'm a pretty good person. Well, it doesn't matter. You're still a transgressor if if you're going to live under the law. Right? This is, this, you know, I didn't write the Bible. Hmm? James 4 said, this is what James 4 said, if you're going to live according to the law, you're not going to live according to righteousness. You're going to be, you're, you're, you're hoping and depending on your righteousness, your holiness, your goodness, that God bless you based on your goodness. And if you're going to do that, you're going to miss the mark. Because God's good all the time. 
He loves you when nobody else loves you. Huh? He loves you when your dog hates you. And, and your dog hardly ever hates you. When you put a T-bone steak around your neck and your dog won't even lick it because it has to come near you. God loves you on your worst days, not on your best days. The, the love of God is consistently flowing to you right now. There's demand and there's supply. You know what demand and supply is? Just in, in, in the area of the financial or, or uh, in the world, you know, you know, product and the flow of product and that determines price, production and all type of things. But in our world, faith is currency. Huh? You buy and spend by faith. But the way that you get that first is you don't do it just by faith. You do it through grace and faith. God supplied through grace, through Jesus Christ, everything that you'll ever have need of. While you're on this planet, and when you get there, that's already taken care of. When you get to heaven, it's already taken care of. Amen? How many know when you get to heaven, they're not going to be working on your house? I do not want to get to heaven and find remodeling going on. If my driveway needs fixing in heaven... And the sheetrock's got a few holes in it if there's sheetrock, right? And, and uh, you know, when some lights are out and there's some spots on the ceiling, I'm telling you, they overbuild that place. <laughs> it's supposed to be glorious, right? Jesus said, I go ahead of you to prepare a trailer park for you. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A, a, a mansion for you, right? Now, if you want a trailer, I guess you can get one, but they're going to put you way back where no one will ever see you. <laughs> <laughs> Gloria Copeland, you know, one of her best friends on earth, Billy, ben, Billy Brim. Billy just loves the country. She's kind of like my wife. Just loves country things because she grew up in the country. My wife likes old milk jugs and cows on it and all that kind of stuff. And she likes everything country. We even have one of the old churns in the house. Thank God I don't have to churn it though. How to lead to make butter. She's welcome. She's, uh, she's willing to get that to Publix somewhere. So Billy Brim, she loves all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, Gloria said, well, I'll just come see you every now and then. She said, because Billy, I don't want you living next to me because you'll make my property values go down with, all, <laughs> with your country look at my house. <laughs> and Gloria said, you know, I love you, but that was mean. She said, well, you'll have to forget about it. Forgive me. You can't go to heaven, Gloria. Well, praise God. So let's talk about this prayer. Let's talk about the prayer of committal. Now, uh, how, how many of you don't mind if I read from the Bible? And wouldn't, wouldn't it be awesome if the Bible was true? I said, wouldn't, wouldn't that be cool? I mean, some of these verses that we read are amazing, right? And just think if they were actually true. Well, is the Bible true? Jesus said, I am the, the way. Not a way, not some way, looking for the way, half the way. I am the way. I am the truth. Truth means reality. It means the highest form of reality. Well, I believe my mama did. We don't care about what you believe. Norval Hayes would say, Norval Hayes would say this. Well, mama and them believed. Norval said, I don't give 10 cents worth, 10 cents worth what your mama believed. Now, I'm quoting Norval Hayes. I'm not, don't, 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 don't get mad at me. Norval's in heaven now, right? Huh? He said, the problem with that is you're going to get in the same trouble. Now, this is Norval now. This is Norval. I mean, there's, there was only one Norval in the world. There never needs to be another one. Norval said, you know, even sickness and disease will, will run in families. People say, well, well, uh, high blood pressure runs in my family. Or diabetes runs in my family. When Buzzy used to come, say, uh, Buzz Shelley used to come here, he'd say, he said, well, big deal. They said, well, it does, Pastor. 
Buzzy, he runs in my family. He said, well, run it out. He said, when you got, when you got born again, you got refathered. Well, who's our father? God himself, right? God don't have the highs and the lows. He has the right ons. Are you with me? Now, you got to say amen every now and then. If you need to laugh, laugh. Because I done told y'all through the years, I'm trying to help you with your physical as well as everything else. Because if you hold in a hallelujah or an amen or a laughter, women, you will expand at the hips and the buttocks. Men, you'll have a bigger gut. Hallelujah. So Paul said, uh, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord. Verse four, uh, verse four, rejoice in the Lord when? And again, I say rejoice. That's the reason why he said it twice, because he just got the same result I did. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord what? Always. Always. And again, I say rejoice. You might say, I don't feel like rejoicing. Paul didn't ask us. Did you know the Philippians is the book of joy? Did you know that? It really is. It's a book of joy. Now, do you, work, you, know, you know the setting of which Paul wrote this? He penned this, this, this epistle. He was under a house arrest for two years, and, he's, and the book's about joy. I've never even been inside of a jail. Closest I've ever seen to jail is Andy Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Not even the ministry if I've been there. Amen. Unless a sermon gets there. So... Paul's in prison and he says, let's rejoice. Then he says, verse five, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, now he says, verse six, here we go. Now here's the prayer of committal. Consecration. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Somebody say everything. Amen. Tell you a little bit better. Amen. Now I did a, uh, I don't want to take too much time with the Greek and Hebrew because we don't have much time today, but I looked up the word everything. And what do you think it meant? Oh, y'all looked it up too, didn't you? Praise the Lord, you are students. So he said, be careful for nothing. Well, you know, we don't really use the terminology, be careful for nothing that way. So the Amplified is even better. It says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Now, I should be talking to everybody in the room. Everybody's has something in life to be anxious about. Some of you came here anxious. Some of you are anxious right now. Some of you worry about how long I'm going to preach. <laughs> Some of you worry about what Brother Witt said about money. Like, oh my God, God, God is he going to talk to me about giving something away? Yeah, he sure is. God so loved that he gave and said, so you have his nature. So how could you have the, the love of God in you and his nature in you and you not have the given nature in you? Well, if you don't ever want to give, then you must have somebody else's nature in you. The one who steals, kills, and destroys because God's nature is always to give, right? And God will take what you have to give, and he doesn't add to you, he multiplies. I said he's a multiplier. Well, you, you, you can go back all the way to the place of uh, Abraham and Lot. Now, Abraham disobeyed God, never told him to take Lot with him. But he did take Lot with him, his nephew. <clears throat> and it was a lot of trouble. But he took him with him. And the, th the very thing, the blessing of Abraham was upon him. And the very thing that began to happen was God began to bless him so much that there was so much increase between him and Lot that they could not put all the increase on the territory that they had. So there began to be strife in the camp between Lot's folks and Abraham's folks. And Abraham, 
who understood how these things work, he, he went to Lot and said, let us uh, part from one another. He says, so that there be no strife in the house. Strife is a deadly killer. Hmm? We don't allow it. We don't allow it in the church. I've, left, I've asked three people in 20-something years to leave this church. I gave them a personal invitation to the door. That's not too bad for 25 years, is it? Now, I thought about 150 more of them, but anyway, three times, three times I said, you and me, we're through. They said, with what? I said, you, you being here. Praise the Lord, because we, we, we do not allow strife here. So if, 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 you can't, if you can't behave, if you can't change your mind, if, you got, if you're going to have to bathe this way, you're going to have to go somewhere else. We do not allow strife in the door. Amen. Amen. It is a deadly enemy. So Abraham and Lot, uh, he said, let's separate so that there be no strife. See, the enemy's answer to prosperity. He didn't like you to prosper. So one of the first things he's going to do when he sees prosperity is at hand that he'll cause strife. Well, what would happen if, if someone gave you a million dollars? Uh, we'd, we'd spend it and we'd save some. Amen. Well, I don't ask the power company. I mean, Keith, I mean, what, what, you are for power company. What y'all doing with our money? How many of you ever shopped so much at Walmart through the years? You, you ought to feel like by now you ought to at least get one free day. <laughs> <laughs> now be careful. I have a son who works there for people who think like that. <laughs> and he, he runs into them several times a day and then he invites them to the police when he finds them. I said, well, why do they do that? He says, well, they go past, you know, when Walmart changes their price, they put a rollback. In other words, they roll the price back a little bit. He said, that ain't, that ain't good enough for them. They want to do roll out. Amen. And uh, so he said, Strife will always come in at the place of increase. Well, we know from Mark chapter 10, in our life on this earth, he said, in this life, if you've given for the sake of the gospel, if it's, if it's cost you in relationships, it's cost you in time and effort and in, in, in any way that, that life can cost you. Has anyone ever talked about you for what you believe? Right? Has everyone ever thought you just a little wild, a little crazy, a little wild-eyed? Giving you money, going to church. Down there, they, they talk like that. And they talk in tongues. They do all that kind of stuff. And all they want is your money, right That Well, so there's been an element of persecution, right? But a promise of the 30, 60, 100-fold is it will come with persecution. Say persecution. Now, now no, no one has been, has been going over the, uh, the confession of of persecution. They might be saying, I believe I received a 30, 60, 100 fold. Then they stop there, but it says with persecutions comes next. So just go ahead and get used to persecutions. He said, but those who live godly and prosper will live with persecution. Hmm? But Jesus told him, and I think Matthew 5, I think it is, he says, he says, those who are persecuted for my sakes, great will be their reward. Now, when God says, if you get persecuted, I'm going to reward you personally. Y'all kind of heard what I said. I said, the Lord himself said, now, now, now what does the Lord think is a reward? 
Those who suffer persecution for my name's sake, he said, I will reward you and I'll do it openly. So I'm believing for persecution. Just go ahead and defend me. I've already decided to forgive you before I got here. Hallelujah. And I'll just be waiting on my reward. Hallelujah. Did you see what I just took right there? Like, did, did you hear what they called me? Praise the Lord. We just love, bless their darling heart and their stupid head. But hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for my reward. Y'all doing all right? I'm preaching better than y'all doing breathing. Hallelujah. So let me jump over to the Amplified verse 6. Don't fear to have any anxiety about anything. Everybody in here just failed that right there. About anything. Is that in the Bible? So did he mean today? Is that tomorrow? Is that for the rest of your life? Then don't fret or worry or have anxiety about anything. Hmm? Now, can anyone raise their hand and say I hadn't worried about anything since I've been a Christian? <laughs> how, many like, how many of y'all like me you used to smoke, but you don't smoke no more? How many dip but don't dip no more? How many drink don't drink no more? How many I used to cuss, don't cuss no more? How many I used to run around when I was married? No, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm trying to stir up strife. Well, I'm trying to get you a reward. <laughs> See, if you pass the test, you get a reward for you leave here. Hmm? Don't worry about anything. I don't know about you. I've had habits and, and, I, and I've... It took me a long time to get rid of all of them to be perfect, but it took a long time, but I'm there, but I'm there now. No, but this, this is the hardest one for me. I didn't say it is for you. But for me, is to not ever worry about anything. How many of y'all came from a family of a long line of warriors, professional warriors? Scared of everything. Fear, or if you use the word, boy, I dread this. I, tomorrow i got to go somewhere, so I dread that. Well, that's just another way of saying I'm afraid of it. I'm worried about it. I'm anxious about it. Hmm? Now, you, you may not enjoy what you got to do tomorrow. You may have to go do something. Well, you say, well, I'm having surgery tomorrow. I dread it. Don't dread it. Don't, 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 don't go to surgery with dread. Don't go with fear, right? Well, if they put me to sleep and I do and have a tooth taken out, I mean, I, I mean, there's a chance you got to sign off. I may not wake up. I sure am scared. But, but don't, 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 don't go to sleep scared. And if you're a believer, who, who gives a rip? I mean, that wouldn't be cool just to just let them gas you down. And if you left them right there, it's like brother. It's like brother Robert said. They said, "Have you ever got everyone healed? Every believer?" Or Robert said, "Did you ever get every believer healed that you ever prayed for?" He said, "Yeah, eventually." <laughs> some of them under the tent some of them when they walked into heaven they said well what happens if you they said what happens if uh, you, you pray the prayer of faith to the believer and they, and they die and go to heaven he said man on the other side of this life it's stunning Amen. Right. hallelujah. hallelujah 
believe me, no one's clawing on the, on the gates of heaven to get back to Jemison. I'm just telling you, you say, well, we live in a better place than Jemison. There's no one clawing the heaven's gates trying to scale over to jump down that pole to get back to earth, to get to their job and whack some weeds somewhere. I'm just telling you, kill something we're round up. There's no way in the world. Hallelujah. I don't care what they did on earth. It's over. Their pain's over. Their suffering's over. Their calamity's over. All the distress and the worry and the anxiety and how and the what's whatever. So if you're going to cry, cry for you. When my mother passed, just out of habit. Just out of habit. You're just, you know, praying for the last uh, two, three months of her life. Uh, just out of habit. So I was laying there one night and so I was about to fall asleep. And I said, now concerning, um, you know, this has just been a few days. And I started praying for her. And then it, it hit me. Uh, that's dumb. He says, I said, um, Eric, your mother's in heaven. So I said, well, Lord, um, make sure. Well. Uh, take care of her, neat. No. I believe she don't have any more health issues. And, yes, and, uh, and I couldn't find nothing to pray about for my mother. I said, dear God, help me. <laughs> help me, Lord. <laughs> Because they don't need anything, right? So your sadness and your grief is all about you. Wow. Well, that's okay. The Lord understands all that too. So he says, be careful for nothing. But with everything, what? By prayer and supplication. What does it say? Let me read it. Don't fret or have any anxiety. I'm in fight about anything in every circumstance and every prayer. By petition, by prayer and petition, definite request for thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Look at verse 7. And God's peace. Now there you go. How many want God's peace? He said, God's peace shall be yours in the state and the state of a soul assured of a salvation through Christ. So fear nothing from God and be content uh, with this early lot. Whatsoever it is, is that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison, mountain guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, he said God's peace will be yours, but God's peace will not be yours unless you've heard the first part of that prayer, which is to what? Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. Refuse to worry about anything. So see, you just don't sometimes have enough sense not to worry. No, I've learned to have sense. Christian sense, not Christian science, but Christian sense. Amen. The scriptures talks about, we may look at it time, if we have time, but Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said, can your thoughts, can your worry add one cubic to your stature? Or can it add one day? Luke says, can it add one day to your life? Amen. No. So those of you who have kept track of your height and your worrying, have you grown any? Not at all, right? So he said, peace comes. Assured heart comes, confidence comes from, a soul assured in assurance and confidence comes from someone who through prayer and thanksgiving cast all their cares upon the Lord. All of them. Now, if the Lord has all your cares and you have none anymore, that would make you care free. Care free. Now, sometimes you can go, and this doesn't mean they don't have cares, but if you've ever seen someone who's a, a, a little bit uh, uh, intoxicated for a time, you know, they might be carefree. 
they've inebriated themselves to the place to where they're not having to think about it or they're not thinking about their problems. Uh, not everyone who drinks does that. You got mean drunks and happy drunks. Hmm. But if you find someone, if you find someone, because, you know, all, all the effects of that just really came, you know, the devil never invented anything. Really, this is the person who's under the influence, controlled by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Galatians 5, walk in the spirit. Another translation says, walk under his control. So if you're walking under his control, that means he's in control and you're not. The reason why you're worried is because you're in control. You've taken the reins back over. You're telling God you're not going fast enough, so let me have the reins. I need to hurry this thing up. Because if you was doing something about it, we'd already have results. And every time you do that, that's where grace is not flowing in your life. If you're worried about anything today, anything, anything that you're worried about today, you're anxious about, that's where grace is not flowing in your life today. Mm. Y'all still breathing? Let everything to have the breath. Praise the Lord, right? So peace is not the absence of trouble in your life, is it? You could have all kind of trouble, all kind of circumstances going on, but be in total peace. Huh? It's possible to be in the, middle, in the middle of the biggest crisis of your life and still experience peace. Now, the world's view is someone at peace is someone laying in the havoc in the white sands of Maui, drinking a pina colada with a little umbrella at the top of it, you know, laying in the hammock. Uh, but peace, that's, not, that's, that's the world's kind of peace. Jesus, before he left, the night before he was crucified, he gave us the gift and he said, my peace I'll leave with you. He said, he will not be like the peace that the world gives you. The word peace is the word what? Shalom. He said, my shalom I give to you. Or my, uh, there's sometimes that he used peace, peace, or he said shalom twice. In other words, I'm going to give you double peace. Double peace. I'll give you so much peace, you won't have enough sense to worry about it. Hmm? I went to the, I went, uh, not to the chiropractor, I went to the, and had a, uh, uh, a wisdom tooth taken out years ago. And the guy said, this is a bad situation. He said, we're going to put you to sleep. And I says, do you have to? And he says, no, I don't have to, but you, you want me to. I says, why do I want you to? He says, because it's just in a bad place to where we're just going to have to. It's, it's right under the tooth. So we've got about that much we can pull up. And we're going to have to pull up, saw, pull it up, saw, pull it up, saw, pull it up, saw. He says, I'm basically going to have to get on top of you to do it. He was kind of kidding. I'm going to put one foot on your chest and one foot on your forehead, and I'm going to do the saw. He said, and, and it's just too much for a person to take. And I could tell he was nervous. Well, I'm thinking, ain't no man nervous going to work on me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> and I said, uh, no, I don't want to be put to sleep. I said, can you give me uh, uh, something for pain that I don't feel all that? He says, yeah. He said, I mean, you'll feel the pressure of me pulling, but you won't feel the pain. I said, I don't want to feel no pain. I'm like most men. I do not want pain. And he says, well, yeah. So uh, he said, now, if you feel any pain, you let me know. You just let me know. I said, oh, no, don't worry about that. I, you, you'll be the first to know if I feel pain. I'll kick you off my chest. 
And he basically did. He got on just just about on top of me, and I could hear that. And it sounded like a saw was and he's pulling up. And, and, and I mean, and it was a mess. And he was glad that was over with. Well, I was doubly glad. But he gave me a, he he gave me some shots, and then he gave me some gas. You all had the gas. He's like, "What up?" <laughs> he said, "We're gonna get started." I said, "Okay." Let her rip, Doc. <laughs> Amen. Well, now, see, that's about the best the world can do. But, you know, uh, I asked him, I said, uh, you got any stuff that you gave me that I can take home with me? He said, I could, but I'd be in prison. <laughs> so <clears throat> I guess there's a whole market for that on the street somewhere anyway. <laughs> Not that I would know where to get it. But, but uh, hallelujah. But that's the kind of peace that we have. Because I don't have peace. I have his peace. Amen. See, just like Brother Witt said, I believe I'm rich because he said I am. I believe I have his peace. And you could say to me, how could you have peace in your situations at this, th- this year? Because I have his peace. Amen. Where did his peace come from? His promise. Amen. Right? Because if I find out God's a liar, I'm going to go back and tell everybody he's a liar. Before I die, I'm going to go back and, and, and preach every sermon backwards. I'm going to say God is a man. He should lie. He's the biggest liar in the face of the earth. I don't believe nothing him, Holy Spirit said, or the angels. They're all a bunch of frauds. Well, if it's a lie, we might as well tell them, right? But if it is, you ought to meditate upon it. But you say, well, I ain't good at meditating. Yes, you are. You meditate all the time. Well, I don't have the time. You, I mean, you're a pastor. You've got time to do all that. Well, you don't know how much time I have, but, but I, I probably have more time than you do. But you meditate all the time. You ever worried about anything at work? You ever worried about anything in the shower? You ever worried about anything in the doctor's office? You ever worried about anything laying down in bed trying to go to sleep? You were meditating. Hmm? You just had the wrong subject matter. I'm doing better preaching than y'all doing breath. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there is a peace, he said, that passes how much? All of our understanding, right? Yeah. You know, I turned there with John 14, 27 in the TPT, which is the Passion, uh, the Passion Translation. It says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind that the, that the fragile world gives. He said, but my perfect peace. Then he said, don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Wow. So. We know from Isaiah 26, 3, that he says, uh, that I will give him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So now we see our minds got to be involved. The battlefield of everything is in your mind. That's why the mind has to be what? Renewed. I used to think that I should have rewrote that and say, be thou removed. That's another normal, another normal statement. He said, most Christians be better off they cut their head off. He said, because they want to think this, and they want to think that, and they want to think this. He said, now, I know we can't remove their head, but if we could get, just get rid of their head, we'd get rid of most of their problems. Hmm? What you think about long enough you talk about. What you talk about, you're going to have. You do believe that death and life is the power of your tongue? You say, yeah, but I go to church and don't believe in that. That won't work with you at all. We can believe he's rich. I can believe I'm rich, and that won't, that won't do you a bit of good. Hmm? You can lay your Bible on top of you at night. We can put Holy Spit on you, everything. Hallelujah. You won't be a bit richer. 
you'll just have saliva on you. We can put the strongs and cordons and the, and the weeks and everything else on you, and it won't change a bit of things. But perfect peace is whose mind stayed on thee. In the Hebrew, the word perfect peace, is, of course, is the word shalom. told you that. So someone can have, someone may have this peace, peace but it's, it can be fleeting. It doesn't stay with them. Why? Because it doesn't stay on their mind. Perfect peace is the one who's the mind. The, you, you're, you're steady. You're steady. You're steady with this. Amen. Like I don't have to decide when I'm going to tithe next week. Do you think Witt's going to go through a struggle next Sunday about whether he's going to, if he's about it because he's at home church? Do you think he's going to struggle about whether we should tithe this week? Do y'all think that? Uh, do you think he was doing it two weeks ago? No. That's already settled. So when we're, when we're settled, uh, th- this is where perfect peace is located. The, the, it defines stayed means to be established and to be settled. Perfect peace, you're establishing and you're settling the fact on it that I have his perfect peace, that I have his shalom in every situation and every circumstance. So if your mind is stayed upon yourself, see, if you're, if you're worried about the problem, you're anxious about the problem, you've left his world, went back into yours, and you've taken it over. You did what Abraham and Sarah did when they couldn't figure out how the child was going to come, and they went and devised the plan, and, and the plan was given to them through the righteousness of God, through belief in grace. And when they left that plan, they left the grace to have Isaac and they went and devised their own plan. Every place, once again, that you're worried and that you're anxious about, that you have care about, is where grace is not flowing in your life this morning. Hallelujah. So Satan's here to rob you of your peace that belongs to you. We know Proverbs 3, 5 expresses the same idea. It says, Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with about half of your heart. Oh, all of it. And lean on, lean not on what? Your own understanding. You know why? You don't understand much. Hmm? Some of y'all here dabble, dabble in the uh, stock market, right? <clears throat> well, what's, what's Hunt's Ketchup going to be doing uh, in November? Anybody know? Squeeze the debate. That's, <laughs> that's the best answer. That's, 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 that's wise. If they're around. Right? But no one really knows, do they? But there's someone knows exactly what Hunt's, Hunt's Ketchup is going to be on the radar, right? So we can trust someone who's for you, not against you, right? Someone can lead you who has, who has a totally different view and perspective from someone who has limited knowledge. The Bible says in Proverbs, says, we do not have the ability to direct our own footsteps because we don't have the knowledge to do so. The air traffic controller in Houston, which is a very busy airport, or Atlanta, he has the full view, so that's why he says taxi, don't wait, wait, because he knows what's up there. Because I think in Atlanta, and this is years ago, I mean, they had a flight coming in or leaving every 30 seconds. So if you don't have someone with a, a perfect viewpoint of everything, the total perspective, the total picture, you're going to get someone hurt and killed in seconds. Right? So when the Lord says send it now, it's clear to send. Amen. You say, well, I say, how come, how come this didn't work out like I wanted to? Because you didn't do what he told you to when he told you to do it, and you end up with a wreck. Hmm? I'm doing better preaching. Y'all doing breathing. Hallelujah. So this is where perfect peace is located. We get established there. We're settled there. 
So <clears throat> the same word for lean in Proverbs 3, you know where it said, do not lean into your own understanding? The same word, the same uh, uh, Hebrew word for that is the same as stayed in Isaiah 26.3, which is to be established and to be settled. So when we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, we, we lean not on our own understanding. To lean on the Lord is to trust Him. Are you trusting Him? Well, then go ahead and lean. Put your full weight. Yeah, but the x-ray said this, put your weight. Yeah, but my 401k, put your weight. Yeah, but the stock market, put your weight. Well, my kids, put your weight. You know the song I grew up with, leaning on the everlasting arms? So to be sustained on the Lord also means to trust Him. To be established by the Lord means to trust Him. To be upheld by the Lord means to trust Him. So the battle for trust in your life begins in your mind. So that's the root word, shalom again. Perfect peace. Perfect peace is when you trust and you lean on Him. The word shalom means nothing missing. Nothing broken. Which means to be complete. If you're not broken and nothing's missing, then everything's sound. I went and had a blood drawn the other day, and it, it was kind of funny because she wanted to put me through this 90 day trial basis, and I did about 99% of what she said, and, which is, well, I probably did, probably 95% of what she said. And, uh, so I got the, I did this evaluation and she pulled this stuff out and she said, boy, you're, this is good and your, your bad cholesterol is way down to the perfect level. And she says, uh, your kidneys are great. And she said, this is amazing. And, and your blood pressure, I says, yeah, I need to get it up a little bit, don't I? I said, I think I'll start moving around. And she said, there's one thing we've got to get up now. I said, what's that? She says, we need to get your cholesterol higher. I said, I bet you don't tell many people that. <laughs> I said, you, you need me to eat some cheeseburgers? She says, no. I said, well, that ain't nice. <laughs> I said, oh, you meant pizza? She says, no, we mean healthy fats. Oh, I said, you want me to eat some more avocados and some nuts and stuff like that? She said, yeah, that's right. I said, but I bet you don't tell many people they need to get their cholesterol up, do you? She says, not many. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. I can tell all that in the blood. Hallelujah. So, nothing missing, nothing broken. To be, that means you're sound and you're whole. Say, I'm sound. Say, I'm whole. I'm not broken. Say, there's nothing missing. It's all here. It's all here. You say, well, one of something is not here yet. Well, you've already called for it, haven't you? Right? I was telling you, I think last week, uh, uh, you know, living where we live, we use Amazon and people a whole lot because it's cheaper just to have brought to the house and run a 50-mile round trip to go get something. So someone said, they said, hey, uh, UPS is coming down the door. And then someone says, well, this not so-and-so ordered. And I thought, well, how do you know truck ain't here? Well, because I ordered it three days ago, two days ago. I called for it. 
Hmm? Why'd you, why'd you call for it? Because I didn't have it. I didn't have it and I wanted it. I wanted what I didn't have to be. Call things that be not as though they were. So they're telling me what's on the truck before the truck can get up through the driveway. Hmm? Call for things that be not. The word call, if you look up the word call, it's the word summons. You ever been summoned to court? That means you're supposed to show up. And if you don't show up, somebody's going to show out. Unless you can get out of it. Hallelujah. So when you've called for something that be not, it's been summoned in the heavenly realm. Which means it has a date to appear. If I'm called to go to court, they'll give me a date to be there. I've been summoned. When I call for this according to my health and my finances, I have put an official summons on it. And I said, in Jesus' name, according to so-and-so scripture, I decree and I declare, according to the word of the Lord, that such and such and so is mine now by faith in Jesus' name. What happened? The angels now have gone to work because they hearken to the voice of God's word. And that which I have called for now has been summoned and it does have a date to appear and it shall come forth. I'm doing better preaching than y'all doing breathing. Ed DeFrain said, wish I had a friend in this place. Hallelujah. We doing all right? Only got, just, only got a minute longer. Hallelujah. How many of y'all give me a minute? Well, there's eight minutes right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There it is. Now, uh, let me get to page two. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so true peace isn't determined by the absence of trouble. We said that, right? but by the presence of God. Not just enjoy the presence of God, not just come to church and get in a place of worship uh, and enjoy the presence of God, but to live in the presence of God. You know, because worshipers can't leave the church and follow you around all week long. When I did my Raymond class at Raymond, the guy in front of me bombed out and started crying. No, he did. He cried. He's 40-something years old. He cried. But he didn't do what they told him to. They said, you cannot do your sermon on so-and-so. And he, he did, that's what he did. They said, you cannot use Brother Hagin's name. You can't use Ramey. You can't use this. You can't do this. And he did his, his sermon on Brother Hagin. So he got stopped like this. Billy Joe Watts said, you can't do that. And he was associate pastor of Raymond. And uh, he said, now, if you can fix it somehow, go on. But not... He said, I'll let you do it another day. But we ain't got too many more days to let everybody go another day. I mean, we got too many people in too few classes. The guy said, I can fix it. So he went up there to go fix it. And uh, I, I guess this guy's about 45 years old. And, and it got to be a bigger mess than when he, before he fixed it. And he got all upset. He's 45 years old, started crying. Well, I'm next. With no preaching experience. And so uh, the guy had to sit down. And Pastor Watts, he said, Wes, come here. He said, I know that's kind of a, he said, have you ever preached much? I said, no, sir, not, not really. He said, are you going to be okay after that? I said, can we get the Raymond Singers and band down here? <laughs> he said, not a chance in this world. <laughs> and, uh, and then all of a sudden I had this thought, just go up there, you're ready. And I went up there and I ended up getting an A+. Plus. Now, it wasn't because I was such a great preacher, but I realized after him crying, I looked good. <laughs> I didn't cry one drop. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but 
what, uh, what was it, like a 14-minute sermon we had to do back then, something like that? Like that. But, I mean, it was just like I, I didn't cry at all. No, I trembled. <laughs> I trembled my voice. Was crack, 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 but I said, I will not cry. I will not cry, and nothing will come down out of my nose like, like it did his while ago. And I got an A+. Plus. Amen. So I said, if I'm ever going to do conferences, I'm going to ask that guy to go first. Hmm. <laughs> So we live in the presence of God. And the question, does, does God ever cause things that takes our peace away? Does God do it? No, he doesn't do it. Does God ever give us anything that's evil? How about sickness? How about disease? You know, Jesus was sleeping in the, in the, in the bottom of the hinder part of the boat asleep during the storm, wasn't it? Remember that? Then they woke him up and they said, Master, don't you care that we even perish? Then he got up and what did he do? He rebuked the storm and then after he did that, rebuked the disciples. See, he was living in the kingdom reality. He was actually living in peace. In the storm. Hmm? But they woke him up and then he released peace over them. Because he had peace to give. You can't give away what you don't have. Jesus could sleep through a storm because he had peace to give away. So in your storm, when we're all rattled, we're all anxious, we're all worried about where our health's going to go, or do I, am I going to have enough money, or what are the kids, are they going to all this? You can live right in the middle of peace while they're acting like a fool. Hmm? I promise you, I don't care if the kid is uh, 16 years old. You know, they start earlier now. I knew when I got 15... I had come into the fullness of all knowledge of all things. Didn't need any advice from my parents or anybody. But kids nowadays, they figure this out when they're 11. Hmm. And uh, a friend of mine told me, he said, oh, don't worry about your kids. He said, an alien comes, suck their brains out, but one day they'll bring it back. <laughs> they'll get tired of fooling with it and they'll bring it back. Amen. Actually, this is a true study for males. I don't know about females. The, the back of the cortex of the brain until the, uh, they said uh, this is the part where you make decisions for a male. Until that's filled out, there's a lot of immature decisions. So every now and then, I, I just, when I was told that years ago, I would check my kids every now and then, they know I was doing it. I said, hey, buddy, how you doing? And I was, I was just checking to see if that was. I said, be, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled. I never told them what I was doing and why I was doing it. Hallelujah. I, I told one of them one time they got in trouble, or well, actually more than once. And then I said, uh, you know, I, I, I never did that. I never had that problem. They said, well, you sound like I said, well, I just never hung around those kind of people. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know those people. Amen. Now, this wasn't their issue. This is just, I mean, let me stop that. Now start a new conversation. I, I don't know where to buy drugs in this county. I'm pretty sure you can't get them here. But I don't know where to get them. Now, don't raise your hands if you do. But I, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to know. There's just some things I don't want to know today. Now, if you tithe it on it, we'll still keep the tithe. Hallelujah. <laughs> Once it gets here, it's sanctified. See, people say, I don't want those worlds good. I, I'll take all of it. Hallelujah. It gets into my hand, just going to do godly things. Yeah, right? But I, I, I have no clue where, where to go get pills. I don't know where to. I don't know where to get any marijuana or 
Uh, I don't know where to get the needles, the stuff you put in it. I don't know where to get any hair on. I don't know. I don't know where to get any of it. And I think there's plenty of it. Amen. I don't want to swap no pills. Hallelujah. I told the doctor months ago, he says, well, what is it? I said, well, there was some dizziness there. He said, what's it like? I said, well, I, I think, I, I said, he said, well, how do you feel? I said, well, I kind of feel like <clears throat> there seems to be in, in people today, they're wanting this high feeling all the time. They're buying pills on the street. I said, I said, I think I feel like a pill they're trying to get, and I'm looking for a pill to get off of it. So in the storm, Jesus was sleeping in the boat. The Amplifier said this storm had hurricane proportions to it. So when you go talk to the storm and the tornado, and you get up from your chair and go out to the porch every 13 seconds, you do not have peace. If you're going to go out there and see if it worked, I rebuke tornadoes. They cannot touch our property. I rebuke tornadoes. No, Jesus just spoke to the storm. And what did he tell it? Peace be unto you. And it obeyed him. Huh? Doing better preaching. Y'all doing breathing. So God can't give cancer away because he doesn't have any. Can God choose not to heal? You don't know. You don't know? There's, there's no way God cannot choose not to heal. Now, you can choose not to be healed, but God can't choose not to heal because he already chose. Did, did you hear the difference? You can choose not to receive your healing, but God can't choose not to heal because he already chose to heal. Isaiah 53, it's in the atonement, can't take it away. God chose 2,000 years ago to make a purchase. He purchased you through Christ. So the same payment for sin is the same payment for healing. God already chose it on the front end, right? Did the payment cover some sin? How many believe if anyone calls upon the name of the Lord to be saved, they'll be saved? But you could ask the same thing about sickness. Well, like, well, I know, you know, if it's God's will. No, it's same, same verse. Same verse. So did God choose to forgive all sin? Because is, is there a sin that, that, that he may not, tomorrow he may not forgive? No. Because he already chose to do that. So there's no sickness that he might not want to heal because he already chose to heal it. So it, it, it's kind of like if you go buy a vehicle. And you say you go buy a brand new, 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 new vehicle. You say, well, I like this. But after you, you put about 20,000 miles on it and say, I don't really like this car anymore. I'm going to take it back to the dealer and just tell him, I decide I don't, I don't like this car. I'm just going to take it back. Now, I ain't talking about a lease. You purchased it. He's going to look at you and think, that's funny. He said, well, you bought this when? Oh, about 15 months ago. It was kind of fun. We don't want this no more. I'm just going to bring it back. Now, he might can tell you, you can trade it. You can sell it. You can burn it. You can throw it off a cliff. But you can't bring it back. Because you've already purchased it. God already chose to purchase you. And purchase every sin. Jesus went to the cross for every sin. He purchased your sin. You ever heard someone say it that way? He purchased it. He absorbed it. Hmm? 
That's why sin has no hold on you because he purchased all your sin. See, we just like to say he purchased our, our healing, but he purchased your sin and your debt to sin. Cause and effect. He, so he purchased all my healing. Hmm? All my failure. He took it all. He purchased it. Page three. Let's finish up here. Isaiah 4, 6, 10 says, Be still and know that I'm God. So be anxious for nothing means letting God. Or you could say this, letting go. Letting go. Letting go. The Mayo Clinic said this, that a person who lives in a stressful life with anxiety and depression and worry or a stressful environment, the Mayo Clinic says, puts an increased risk of numerous health problems. And here's a few. This person who lives under stress and lives in anxiety, who worries of this, that, and the other, here are just some of the health issues they, they, they might and will deal with. He said they'll have health problems, including anxiety, disorders, depression, digestive problems, headaches, cardiovascular diseases, high blood pressure, bleeding uh, or uh, sleep disorders, weight gain, impairment of uh, memory, uh, all type of sexual issues, all because of living in a stressful environment. When the Lord said, cast all your care upon me. So when Jesus came and said that, he was saying it to the Jews who did not know God as Father. They knew him as Elohim, God Almighty, the powerful God, but Jesus was introducing the fatherhood to him. Right now, this and this is where we'll close. Go to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six. There's a beautiful truth, and we won't get there today. But it, but in Zechariah four. And you're familiar with the scripture, at, uh, I don't know, third, fourth verse. It says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. But the whole chapter is awesome. When you get down in the 12th chapter, Zechariah saw this in this vision. He saw this uh, golden pipes where it were. And out of them flowed golden oil. And that was to heal the people and refresh the people and meet all the needs of the people. So what he was saying was, in your time of stress, in your time of anxiety, in your time of worry, in your time of sickness, in your time of of the circumstances, he said, remember, it's not going to be your might, it's not going to be your power, but it's going to be by my spirit. And you can be all around the oil, but if you grab grab that, that pipe and you squeeze it, the oil's still flowing from heaven, but you've cleansed your fist and now it's not getting to your life. And God wants to, he wants to, uh, one of these, 
vessels as it were, or these golden uh, vessels, one's flowing in peace and one's flowing in health and one's flowing in prosperity and one's flowing in wisdom. And God has a, has a flow because God is moving out of his grace and he's moving out of his provision. It's, it's demand and supply. It's demand and supply. And so the Lord is a supplier, no matter what your demand is. He has more than enough supply for your demand. Uh, you're, you're, you're not going to overtax him. Amen. That's the reason why you can't take this body to earth because this, this body, I mean, you can't take this body to heaven because this, this body can't stand heaven. This body would explode if it was in heaven. Just for the joy factor. There's so much joy in heaven that if this body went up there, it would just like, it would just, it would just burst and it'd be fragments of you everywhere. He said, what happened to him? Joy bomb. <laughs> so you have to have a spirit body just to handle the joy. Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy more than his fellows. And this is a guy who knows all of his life he's going to be crucified. The night, before he's, the night before he's crucified, here's his advice to his disciples who wouldn't even pray with him. He said, now he, he knows he's going to die in a few hours. And he tells them in John 14, don't let your heart be troubled. If someone's fixed to put nails in me, and I, my advice to you is don't, don't, y'all be all right now. <laughs> huh? Let not your heart be troubled and he's about to be crucified. Isn't that amazing? But so you, 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 you have to carry that. You have to carry that. When Jesus walked to him on the water, remember, in the, in the boat, they were terrified because they thought it was a ghost. And it offended them because Jesus was walking on top of what was terrifying. Jesus comes walking on your biggest problem on the water and the threat of the storm, and he comes walking on it. He's already walked on whatever is, is buffeting you. He's walked all over it. I told him one day, I said, Lord, my back's hurting. He says, you ought to saw my back. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I, I got some good back scriptures. <laughs> he said, they tore mine open. Right. He said, you just got a little disc alignment. He said, he said, they exposed my disc. I said, I got me some good back scriptures on it. Hallelujah. Amen. God's good. Amen. All the time. Did you know that worry... Is, uh, we, we won't get to Matthew, so we'll forget about that, but we'll finish this. Worry is an old English word. If you want to look it up, it's, I won't try to pronounce it, but it's W-Y-R-G-A-N. You make a stab at it if you want to. Don't catch me at the service. Tell me how to pronounce it. I don't care. Just say hi. Tell me just how to leave. How to leave. So it's an old English word, W-Y-R-G-A-N. And the word worry in the English means this. Strangle. Matthew 5, he tells us, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about how you're going to be clothed. He points to the birds. He said, they don't store up. They don't store in the barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. So he's telling us to be as worry-free as the birds. Right? And Luke he said, uh, and at that time, birds were very, real cheap. In other words, you could buy, he said, uh, I think Luke 12, he said, you could buy two sparrows for a coin. He said, are you not better than they? You're better than a whole flock of sparrows. He said, and 
There's not a sparrow that hits the ground that I don't know about it before it hits the ground. And he says, and you can buy two of them for less than a penny. And I so love even the sparrow that I know when it hits the ground. He says, so which of you by taking any thought could add any stature or time to your life? So he said, don't do that. That's what the Gentiles do. He says, seek first the kingdom and my righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Worry is a killer. Stress is a killer. You'll release all type of chemicals into your body, out of your brain, but what you're worried about. Amen. Did you hear what I'm saying? Somebody, well, what am I going to do? Well, right where we started, casting all your care. Actually, you know, whether it offends you or not, what you might need to do is go home and repent. Because if you're worrying, you're, you're actually sinning. Thank you for all those hearty amens. You say, well, I ain't just smoking. Well, but, but it, it, hey, it, if, you, if you're missing one point, you got all of them. Right? Worry is a sin. See, if, if you're worrying, you, you've already took your eyes off Jesus and now you, you've taken it over. You're, you're, you're thinking it out. You're deciding what to do. Grace is not flowing to you right now. Can you see that? If I'm worried, grace is not flowing there. I'm over in me. What are we going to do about this, Sarah? Well, I got this handmade. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> well, that was, that was the dumbest idea they could ever come up with, right? Hmm? But God was so good to him. I mean, that, that, all that's back in Genesis. Romans 4, that God never brought it up again. I mean, Romans 4, they made Abraham look like Superman. He wasn't no Superman. And back in Genesis, he's stumbling around. Sarah, she was laughing, he was stumbling. Coming up with all kinds of crazy ideas. First thing the father of your faith, he told him to do, he says, leave your father's house and go to a city which I have for you for inheritance. He says, just go. But he didn't tell him where to go. He just told him where not to go. And he said, do not go to Egypt. Where did the father of your faith go in the first place? Egypt, the place to tell him not to. As soon as he got there, he told his wife to lie to lie two or three times. So now the father of faith is a liar. He's not obedient, right? But he's, he's still doing it by grace. And so he leaves there richer than he does poor. Because God told the king, that's not his sister, that's his wife. If you touch her, I'll kill you. <laughs> Out of disobedience. Abraham disobeyed and left richer. Now, don't, don't take that somewhere and go somewhere and do something stupid this week. So, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll get into riches by disobedience. <laughs> Dummy. That ain't what I'm talking about. Huh? So he left Egypt richer. But now you get in Romans chapter 4, it says, Abraham fully believed God. He was fully persuaded. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's a lie. <laughs> That's in Romans 4, how God always saw him. Genesis, that boy's staggering. Huh? Staggering around with, what's your name? Hallelujah. He, you know, it, so God sees us like the Romans 4. Man, you're something powerful over like When you get into Romans 4, Abraham, you're powerful. Can you see that? So why would we be worried? Hmm? Just cast it off. Ignore it. 
Just ignore it. You say, well, I ignore it. It hurts. Just ignore it. Just say you're a lie. Hmm? Just take authority of it. Do what you got to do. Just, just take authority of it. Don't let depression stay in you. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, don't let it change your day. There's people in this life that, that haven't let, have not left their home in five years because they're afraid that if they touch the sidewalk, they're gonna, something's going to bad happen to them. Well, you know, that's, that, that's a terrifying, demonic, I mean, just out of the pit of hell demon. Right? Best thing we can do is go out there, go, go get him by the grab of the neck, just pull him out there, pull him out there. Say, breathe, breathe, breathe. Hallelujah. He who the Son set free is what? It's free indeed. We're free. So somebody say, no more stress. Not me. I give it all up. Lord, forgive me for worry, for being anxious about anything. You know, if you'll live carefree, you'll get rid of some wrinkles. Yeah. Now, I have found out this out. Now, I don't know what you want to do with it. If you lose too much weight, you'll have more wrinkles. Sometimes we need to gain some, some, some weight to, you know, to make them stretch back out again if you don't have plastic surgery. <laughs> I had a, a pastor's wife tell me that. She says, I said, uh, she looked different. I says, you, you still, I said, you, you look a real youthful. I saw you in three years. She said, well, I gained 20 pounds. She said, it pushed them wrinkles out. I said, okay, well, that's, I guess no, that's another way of doing it, I guess. Never, never thought about that. I said, well, I, I did that on the front end of my ministry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now I see, I see there, you can, you can just sense it in the room. See, uh, that, that weight comes off. What, what does the anointing do? It destroys and removes the burden. It removes the yoke. Not me. The Word does. So it's good to be stress-free. Isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then you'll walk, you'll walk different. You'll talk different. You'll look different. You'll have a totally different perspective. You'll be happier. The dog will come back around you. Amen. Now, when you're stressed out and you want to hurt everybody, you need to go back and listen to this sermon again. You know, if the dog, if the neighbor's dog's barking and you shoot it, you 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 need to go back and listen. <laughs> you know, if he's only barking three times and you take your forty-five, poof, you um, it wasn't the dog. Something was building up to that. <laughs> Then you got to go explain to your neighbor, or you got to get across the fence before he gets there and go bury your dog before he gets there and hope he ain't got a camera in the backyard. Yeah, hallelujah. Michelle left us one time to come to Alabama. We was in Bible school. And me and Josh, remember Josh? He was my roommate at the time. He said, Don't worry, I can cook. I said, You can. I said, Man, I'm hungry. And I, I, I got to have something to eat. He says, well, I said, what we got? He said, all we got is some cream potatoes. I said, well, that'd be all right. Put some butter in it. He said, I can make them. I don't know what, what happened to him. So I said, he put a bunch of water in there, and he, I don't know what happened to him. And uh, he boiled it and put the potatoes in there, and he stirred it and stirred it and stirred it. I guess it was the instant he must have used. 
But anyway, they just all disappeared. <laughs> I said, what'd you do? He said, nothing. I just turned it on boil. And he says, and put some of his potatoes in here. And he says, they're all gone. <laughs> they just totally disappeared. And I said, man, I'm hungry. He said, well, there's enough water in here. So he poured his two glasses of hot boiling water that tasted a little bit like potato, but there, there was no white in there. It was, it was clear. He said, I'm sorry. I said, we, we're losing weight. <laughs> we're losing weight, right? See, if you just change your focus on what's wrong, because something in your life is right right now. He said, but man, my arm hurts. Yeah, but how's your right eyebrow? Hmm? Right? Oh, my thumb. I mean, my joint. I got joint pain right there. Yeah, well, how's your, how's your nose hairs? I mean, they, 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 they doing okay? I mean, uh, you, don't, you don't have any of those? Okay, I'm sorry. How's your, how's your toenails? Is, is it okay? Huh? Well, she, she ran into something today, and she said, I think I broke my toe. I said, I'm sorry. I'm glad I didn't do it. Huh? It's just so easy to put our focus somewhere else of what's wrong instead of what's right. Hallelujah. How many got to eat yesterday? How many got a roof over your house? How many didn't have to ride a donkey here or a camel? Right now, if it was the ride of the day, then you ought to get a good one, right? I mean, in that day, if you had a donkey, you, you were you're doing well. If you had a camel, you was rich. If you had a two-humper camel, it was like a Denali. Because <laughs> it had like a backrest. See, I study more, y'all. Y'all just don't. Y'all don't know this stuff, do you? Hallelujah. Yeah, y'all seen a two upper camel? That is the deluxe model of a camel. I mean, you you could sit there and and they could actually take a nap, you know, because it just be like rocking. You say, uh, uh, hey, about Jericho. And a camel rock you to sleep. Amen. How many of you have air conditioning heated at your home? Hallelujah. How many of you got a bed, mattress? You got pillows? You got running water? You got soap? Thank God. You know, hallelujah. How many of y'all believe in deodorant and toothpaste and toothbrush? Woo, we're doing good. Hallelujah. How many of you got at least a dollar? If not, see, we, he's got plenty of them. Hallelujah. He'll, he'll fix you up. He builds bathrooms and everything. He looks a lot better with a, with a wife, don't he? He talks to me about money, and I talk to him about wives. I said, we come up different. We, I said, Where do you, you know what layaway is? He says, no, nah, what, what's layaway? I said, it's called bargain town. Said, you know bargain town? No, it's a bargain town. I said, you, you, you didn't grow up like I grew up. I said, you grew up in Nashville, and I grew up in Alabama. But it, I grew up in a whole different side of Alabama. Hallelujah. And um, he said, I, I had a maid. I said, my mama was one. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, he said, but I never had a bad money thought in my life. And he said, but how do you get a wife? I said, quit pursuing them. Hallelujah. Find one who needs you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And boy, he did good. You know, from Mississippi. 
There are several syllables. Is it Mississippi or Mississippi? Right? You can tell it looks better. Stress-free. Eating good cooking. Hallelujah. You got someone to tell him what to do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be telling on him. I don't know. He called me one day. He must have been married. And he said, I went to go get a haircut today. Boy, I don't get in trouble here. He, she, he said, she said, I'm going to go with me. And he said, I thought, why? Because <laughs> for 20, 30 years, you know, you can just go get a haircut by himself. She said, I'm going to go with you to get a haircut. He says, why? <laughs> Amen. Keep a check on you. Hallelujah. So we're blessed, aren't we? Amen. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Rich. Rich. Prosperous. Prosperous. Healthy. Healthy. Strong. Strong. And of course, good looking. Amen. Amen. God bless you. See you Sunday.